0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Abundant Journey podcast. We're so glad you could join us today. I'm your host, Nick James, along with my co-host, Nick Offenkamp. Nick, good evening. How are you, sir?
1: I am well. It's nice to record not so early in the morning, although I think I'm feeling (laughs) just as tired now that we've gotten to this late in the evening. But um, hopefully there will still be something of use or value to come out of my mouth.
0: How are you? I'm doing great. Couldn't agree more with you. You know, I made a shift about a year ago to be be uh, become an early bird, and so I get up. That's my time to think and plan and strategize and read and drink some coffee. So getting late at night, I don't do as well.
1: What's your ideal... Morning start time. Like, what do you set your alarm for?
0: The goal is five o'clock. Five. A.m. So the, the goal is five. Get up, coffee, do some reading, do some journaling, uh, do some education, and then jump into things I'm trying to get done.
1: And with moving your wake up time earlier, did you also adjust your bedtime? The equivalent like a couple hours yes. earlier to bed.
0: Now my brother, who lives near and dear across the street from me, which is another story for another day. Uh, he, I, I'm not him. I mean, he he's rocking nine o'clock every night. That's uh, that's a little too early for me. So the goal is ten to five, All which right. gives me a solid seven. What about you?
1: Solid seven. Man, I uh, this is an area where I got to grow in my discipline because I am. So by nature, a night owl, it would be no problem for me to stay up until 1 a.m. every single night. But
0: it's been a long time since I've done that. Oh, my
1: gosh. I mean, it just uh, and I wish that I could say that, like, because I'm super productive at night. It's like, no, I just I just have a hard time going to bed. Sure. <laughs> There's nothing cool about it. Um, and then I hate waking up in the morning. But. You've inspired me, and my wife has inspired me. I'm getting better at That's it. That's it. So I think for the last week, um, probably five out of the seven mornings I've been up when the clock is at least in the sixes. Look at you. 6.59. You know, 6.59 in
0: 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah.
1: but, you know, it's, uh, My goal is to try and get on my Apple Watch the first stand hour of the day. In I like the 6 a.m. period. So
0: I like that, and you know what? I'm sure we could do an entire episode all just around when is being the most productive? And that might be a good question to ask some of our guests.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think that you're a pretty productive person. I could definitely glean from you, but there are also some incredible people that I would love to hear them answer that question. So yes, another episode for another time, Yep. but what do we got today, man?
0: Well, today we're excited. You know, we've had a couple episodes that we've put out with some amazing individuals and we've really enjoyed talking with them and we wanted to spend a little bit of time recapping our thoughts and just some meaningful things and takeaways that we got from talking with Carrie and Bonnie Staples. And just by way of a reminder, they are some um, incredible people. They're based out of Texas. Uh, I got a chance to meet them through a mutual connection and really their story, um, I think, is one of inspiration of leaving that corporate America world and they said it in the episode, burning the ships. I mean, they they cut ties with 30-plus-year careers in corporate America to decide to become real estate entrepreneurs. And, you know, fast forward, they we didn't really get into their numbers too much. But you fast forward, and, I mean, they've done... Gosh, I think a hundred multifamily deals and just a massive real estate portfolio and you know, just incredible people. So we thought it'd be great to just kind of recap some of the information and things we've learned from them.
1: Absolutely, it was. I I was so bummed that uh, I wasn't able to actually be part of the interview. I thought you did an awesome job carrying that. Um, It was
0: easy with them; they did a great.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're true professionals, and uh, you can tell that uh, they've they've had some opportunities to share their story before because it is an inspiring story. And so there's um, a lot of folks that have wanted to glean from them, and very generous of them to give their time to share with us. But um, yeah, like you had mentioned. Uh, what was it? Carrie was uh, over 30 years at IBM Yep. and uh, Bonnie was 30 years with Merrill Lynch. Yep. And uh, uh, maybe for <laughs> anybody who hasn't listened to the episode yet, do you kind of want to recap <laughs> what happened there? Cause that's yeah. hard to fathom. 30 years in a career with I mean, giant stable companies oh, yeah. and they were making well one of the six figures. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, that, uh, anyhow, yeah. Uh, as you recall it, what inspired the shift?
0: Yeah, no, I, you know, I think they both mentioned that real estate was in their background. It was in their blood. Um, Carrie mentioned that his dad was an entrepreneur and tried and started a lot of different businesses. Um, Bonnie mentioned that her dad continued to look at her and say, buy real estate, buy real estate.
1: And so I they, remember, that, yeah, yeah. The, the quote was great because I think he would say <laughs> that like, it's, it's the only thing they're not making any more. That's of, right. You know? That's exactly Just, right. Plugging that scarcity.
0: <laughs> yeah no and and I think that that was an interesting you know mindset for them and they were transparent about the fact that they grew up that way but yet there was the desire to jump into corporate America and get safe and stable jobs and so they just kind of walked through their story of being in those careers and learning and expertise and being around incredible people. But um, one of the big catalysts for them was that uh, Kerry had been laid off at IBM. And I think at that moment, he realized that he, well, security was a whole lot less than what he thought it was in the corporate world. But in addition to that, I think he felt more um, that the corporate world is about numbers and just figures and not people and relationships. And I shared that that's very similar in the banking industry. And a lot of times when you're at some of the larger institutions, you you can be on a phone call and all of a sudden your entire department's gone. And I've seen that happen over and over. And so they lived through that. And so that was a catalyst for them to say, it's definitely time for us to really take, I think, almost quoting him exactly, it's we're going to take our finances in our own hands and our future in our own hands and be responsible for what comes next.
1: Yeah, just kind of camping out on Carrie's own experience with IBM. That was a a real remarkable thing to think about uh, with you would expect, okay, what's going to be the lowest risk kind of job or career that I could pursue. And so working for an IBM or a Microsoft or an Apple or just some too big to fail Mm -hmm. kind of company, you're like, all right, if I can just get plugged into there, they're so big. Even if my department gets reorganized, like I'm sure I'll land somewhere else within the company. And so for him to just highlight, no, like that, that's actually a, a lie. Um, that there is not the kind of safety or security there that there's actually a tremendous amount of risk mm-hmm. by, um, leaving your employment and finances up to the whims of whether it's shareholders or, uh, executive leadership or the owner of the yep. company, um, that you're, you're not nearly as safe as you would imagine. And, I think this is a recurring theme on the the podcast, but of just the way that we as people often misjudge risk. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that was really cool. Um, I mean, not cool to hear that he got laid off, that sucks, <laughs> <laughs> but a, uh, a refreshing and yeah. helpful recognition of just, all right. Um, the nine to five is not nearly as safe or predictable yeah. as we might like to believe.
0: Well, and I think one of the things, um, you know, I, I want to be careful too, to go on the other side. Cause there's a lot of people who work really, really hard every day and they, they go do those nine to fives. Right. And they're faithful to their companies and their companies are great companies doing incredible things as a banker. I get to talk to those people every day. Right. Mm. So I, I think, and I, you know, Carrie and Bonnie both were very grateful for the careers that they had in the corporate world, very grateful for the experience, grateful for the provisions and the ways that it allowed them to Build and provide for their family, right? And so True. I think there is this mindset. It's easy as entrepreneurs as we are to get into this mindset. Why would people live and, and, and work in that? That's not what we're saying, you right. know, but there is a realization um, that there are so many people who just show up to work. And then they go home at night and they aren't pursuing any other opportunities or aren't pursuing other income streams or other channels or avenues of success. And it's only in one spot. And then if... In the event something goes wrong or the company makes a change, then they're left flat footed. And I think that's really where Carrie and Bonnie were both talking about, hey, we're going to take this by our by the reins and we're going to roll with it.
1: Yeah, that's a really helpful balance to add because you're right. There is nothing um, wrong or uh, to be to be ashamed of in working a, a nine to five role And I think that the best companies do care a significant amount about their employees. But I think that um, for a lot of, and I imagine a lot of our listeners uh, that um, you have a dream about something that you would like to go out and start or do or something that you're passionate about and you feel like, ah, it's just, it's just too risky. And I think that's where what Carrie is saying is actually really helpful of that. It's like, um, while the nine to five career that you have is not a bad thing, uh, don't overestimate the security that you have yep. in that job, and don't let the uh, illusion of absolute security um, stop you from pursuing yep. other dreams or things. You know, to prevent you from taking risk and doing something that you would be otherwise really passionate about.
0: Oh, absolutely! And I think in addition to that, he, they both talked about the mindset and overcoming those fears. And I think you're talking right uh, right specifically about that. Mm. Uh, there is that, uh, I'd love to do this, I'd love to try this, I'd love to start that, I'd love to help in some way, I'd love to get out and be a part. But so often fear stops us as people from pursuing those things. And that's just not, that's not even the business world, right? I mean, that that can be anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that was amazing. I mean, Bonnie was talking about that of like, We got four kids and grandkids, you know, like, it's not like they were doing this in a vacuum or or sometimes it's easy for my wife and I even to think about like, oh, well, before kids, you know, we could have done this or that, or, you know, (laughs) we could could have taken that crazy risk, but now we got, you know, we got young kids to think about. And there's, (laughs) that's very true. That's right. But but yeah, it was, uh, it was cool to hear Bonnie being so candid about like, yeah, it is, it is and was scary. Yeah. As you gathered from the conversation, what do you think were the things that helped them overcome that fear where so many other people would get stuck and never make the, yeah. the jump? I mean, sure, some of it's Carrie getting laid off and uh <laughs> I mean, that's uh that's a pretty good nudge at least um to do something different. But um what other factors do you think were uh, really important in them deciding to face the fear and...
0: No, I love that question. And I, I would say there were two big things that I heard from them, and I think we should hit both of them. One is... Uh, really getting mentors and finding value in who are you surrounding yourself with. And I think the other thing, it was really clear that they had some serious belief in each other. Mm. And they were determined to go and tackle this thing together, even so much where Carrie was telling Bonnie for six months to quit her job and just go full-time into real estate. And she decided one morning after praying, she said, all right, we're going to do this, Lord. And so I, I thought that that was a great story, but the belief that Carrie had in her, um, and the belief they had in each other that they would be successful and that they could go, go accomplish that. So I, that was that both of those, I think were, were pretty significant.
1: Yeah. I would love to uh, unpack both of those as maybe starting more with the uniqueness of their relationship, the togetherness that they have in what they're building, that it's truly, uh, Carrie and Bonnie Staples, real estate yeah. investing you know that um this is something that they've gone uh, arm in arm into and it was really impressive um not just in the things that they said but just uh, watching them hearing them interact um, yeah the kind of unity and uh and belief that they had in one another um it's almost like uh, I'd love to do a follow-up episode just on <laughs> marriage, you know? <laughs> yeah, 100%. How do you cultivate such a, a healthy sort of relationship? Um, and I don't know if you've got more thoughts on that or, or what uh, what sort of thing. You, you were the one that was in the, sure. the interview, but what were some of your takeaways as far as the, the support that they had or the health that you felt? in the conversation with them.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, one of the things that my wife Elizabeth and I say often is better together. And I I just, the more that you know we get into this stuff with abundant journey the more that we interview and have incredible conversations with folks like these guys or Emily and Adam who we had on before them and Emily and Adam are doing it together as well right real estate right. and so you know to hear those kind of stories and to just be around those kind of people um i it it seems to me that that's everything I mean, if you don't have the spousal support, if you don't have the uh, belief from the other person and, you know, that you're laying down next to at night, um, I think it it gets really difficult. I think tensions can arise. Um, And I just think that's with anything in life, right? I mean, we're, you know, when you are signed up with your partner, I mean, you're, you're supposed to be in it together. And so um, believing in one another and, you know, I, I think that that matters more. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think that's really good. I mean, just what you're getting at with having a shared vision for um, what you're pursuing in life and uh, and having the support of um, the the person or the people that you love most and are closest to you and know you best. This is in the the context of you know what helped them face their fears and get over that hurdle, and it's like man, if you got somebody who's standing in your corner, yeah, saying that yeah, you can do this, like you have the thick or thin, you have we're going together. Skills. Like <laughs> I, I believe in you. Like I've seen you do hard things, and you can do this too. Um, When you have that kind of a, a cheerleader or support, it just feels like. I mean, I feel it with my own wife, like when I have her support behind me, it's like, dude, I could take down giants. Yeah. Um, But the the times where it feels like, um, and and this is, you know, fortunately for me is few and far between, but uh, the, the times where it's felt like that support has faltered or where I've doubted it. You know, that's when the self-doubt compounds, you know, it's it's exponential. So it is amazing um, just the influence of those who are closest to you and uh, them believing in you how motivating that is yep. when it comes to being able to face your fears
0: yeah totally and, and you and i obviously live that uh in terms of we feel that the most in in spousal relationship but it, it doesn't just apply there and i think right. that goes back to the mentor piece right yeah um you know we all know that the company you keep and the people that you're around uh influences behaviors influence how you spend your money how you how you spend your time what you're doing on the weekends you know who are you who are you surrounding yourself with and so you know it became pretty clear for the two of them that they needed as they were going to step into step away from doing single family homes that they could manage on their own Uh, Even in that, they had a group and a community that they Mm -hmm. were a part of. But from there, to step into this large real estate investing. It was really clear to them, we need some people who are for us, who know what they're doing, who are going to be in our corner. And so that was just a pivotal piece. So I, I think really what we're talking about here, again, it's I, I love these conversations because it doesn't just apply to real estate or marriage. You know, I think about um, as I've sat down as a banker with three brothers running a large food company and they took the the business over from their father who had passed away. It's like they're better together. They mm-hmm. know each other. They got each other's back. They're they're in it, and so I think the importance of who you have in your life and the importance of the community around you and the people that that are that are walking the journey with you is everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's interesting um, the way that they. Uh, put themselves into those communities because I think there's the question that comes to my mind of like, well, is, is being surrounded by those people? Like, is that just a luck thing? Like you Mm. just, you happen to live in a good neighborhood or, you know, (laughs) you happen in the right job or you have good coworkers or, you know, you, you just, uh, I mean, it's I, a know great I, question. I know I lucked out with my wife, but you know, like it's just, uh, <laughs> Same. Um, but, but is it just a, a luck thing or, um, are there ways in which, uh, we can learn from bonding and Carrie and their intentionality to put themselves in those kind of relationships?
0: No, that's great. And I, uh, you know, the, my only thought process with that is, is around being curious and being teachable and, Those seem to be pretty consistent traits that even business owners talk to me about where, you know, when they want to bring on a new employee, those are some things that they're always looking for. I'm looking for somebody who's curious and wants to learn and somebody who's humble and teachable. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you have that kind of an approach, not as a strategy, but you're genuinely curious and you're genuinely humble and teachable. You're going to get into some pretty incredible rooms, yeah. and you're going to get an opportunity to to be um, sitting at the table with some amazing people. And you know, again, as I've learned, gosh, I've I've talked to thousands of business owners, right? They love talking about their business. They love talking about their successes. And not in an arrogance, but no, they've poured their heart and soul and life into it.
1: Yeah, it's like a new mom talking about her kid. You <laughs> That's exactly. like there's a, there's a, a, a sort of uh, parental pride in a yeah. business that you yep. have either started or are running. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I think,
0: no, I... I, I I think there are situations in life that we can be born into or we have opportunities better than others. But I also am a huge believer in the fact that, you can change the environment that you're in, and you have an opportunity to take responsibility for the people you surround yourself with, uh, but you need to be intentional and gosh, with social media and online capabilities today, I mean there's just so many resources and so many people at our fingertips and, and just just reaching out and trying to trying to build a relationship with them
1: yeah. Yeah. And I think that you're right. The, uh, the humility piece and the teachability, um, those are some things that we should explore even further in, like in this age of uh, yeah. Twitter and online kind of relationships or you do, you've got access to incredible people that have done remarkable things. Um, how do you approach those people with, uh, a humility and teachability that, um, <laughs> that actually leads to them yeah. wanting to engage with you versus, um, uh, coming out with the, an arrogance or even perhaps worse, a, uh, a false humility. Yeah. Um, and I know that I've even wrestled with that as I've kind of reached out to some different people that I'd hope to connect sure. with online and yeah. just wondering, all right, how do I, how do I position myself? It's an awkward kind of thing to do. Uh, actually, totally. you could, you could teach the master class on that. You, uh, <laughs> you're real good. So um, well, uh, well, listeners be watching out for that, uh, <laughs> that Nick James uh, course on uh, humility and, and teachability. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, no, I, I think that uh, you're exactly right. And, and man, it, It's just, it's something you got to learn. And, you know, the more you're willing to overcome those fears, the more that you are willing to, to have that limiting mindset and say, Hey, I'm, you know, this is what I'm going after. And I want to learn from whoever has done it well, or, and I want to learn from people willing to, willing Mm -hmm. to teach me advice. You know, I mean, man, people are
1: just willing to share it. Yeah. And you're right. That's where the um, viewing the world as a place of abundance really does uh, come to mind of just that it's like, it it can be easy to think that um, uh, people who would be there to mentor you or people uh, that that there's just not enough out there that you just don't have access. And actually that's probably a a limiting belief that's not based in reality. No, Um, I
0: I think you're right. There's a lot of limiting beliefs around that. And I, I think another one is you said just that that arrogance i think a lot of times we think we have to look smarter than we are mm-hmm. we think we have to have it figured out to be in the room we think we have to quote unquote fake it till you make it right mm-hmm. and uh i just i i just think that's opposite of reality
1: yeah well, I feel that every time that uh, I'm sitting down with some of these people like Bonnie and Carrie or <laughs> yeah, Joel Anderson, you know, I'm like, I don't belong here. Um, so you I know, agree. short of, if you can't cultivate humility or uh, teachability, um, start a podcast. That's that, right. <laughs> that'll also really help you get into the rooms that That's you want right. to be in. So there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's no one right way. Well,
0: um, <laughs> yeah. I- I couldn't agree more. And, and I'll tell you, one of the huge things um, in the way that I have seen Carrie and Bonnie display humility is how their others focused specifically with their tenants and specifically yeah. with the communities that they wouldn't say they own that they serve. And uh, that was a a significant piece for me. And that sort of mindset, again, um, has just been so foundational in my education and for my desire as we look at Abundant Journey and we look at what we're trying to build and we say, who are we and what are we about? And to find people like them or the Joel Andersons of the world, if you haven't listened to that episode, you got to check that one out. Uh, Joel spent an hour and a half just talking about radical generosity, but, but back to Carrie and Bonnie, I mean, they, they display that as well. And you know, the ways that they understand there's a, there's a spiritual and a faith aspect for them, but there's also a business aspect for them of, well, goodness, if we don't take care of our tenants, they won't want to live here and then we'll have empty buildings. But if we take care of our tenants and we provide a safe place and we provide a place that they want their friends to come, uh, our tenants grow, everybody makes money. But in addition to that, we get to make an impact. And, you know, they talked about an opportunities, you know, even during COVID to be able to go and provide groceries and get groceries for uh, folks who couldn't get out to the grocery stores and just things like that and so again that whole mindset of humility, I love the way they approach business of hey we're here to serve these people, and we're here to make a difference
1: yep, absolutely that uh, for them, it's so much more than just the uh the profit and loss statement or that's right how much money they netted each year, but they really are looking at all right what what kind of an impact are we making on these communities that we're invested in these individuals that are tenants. What was the phrase exactly that they used for how they view their their tenants?
0: Well, I I think they just said, hey, we view our tenants as being a part of our team.
1: That's right. They, they yeah, said, hey, the these team.
0: are people on our team. I mean, they viewed mm-hmm. them as a part of what they're doing.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I think that that's awesome. And it certainly, as you were alluding to, like that resonates right with the heart of what uh, we're building with Abundant Journey, and, and there's kind of the the three arms of our business with an investing side, with the, the podcast and media, and then ultimately what we're hoping to do with um, a foundation, some nonprofit yeah. um, side of it. But that's as we look at real estate investing, um, we want to carry that same spirit that the staples have have mm-hmm. shown of um, that our tenants are our teammates in what we're building, and that in um, our mindset as investors, we want to create opportunity for uh, financial education, for our tenants to better and improve their life. And ultimately, how awesome would it be if if those uh, folks who started out as tenants ultimately become multifamily real estate investors yeah. partnering with us like yeah. that's uh It'd be incredible that's the dream right there yep um and so it was really cool to see uh bonnie and carrie kind of um laying some of the track for us to run down over the the coming months and years absolutely yep yeah um one thing that uh that really stood out to me too was um just Car- yeah carrie was being honest about um going into the um, I, I want to call it a mastermind. It wasn't, it was the, the, the workshop or the group that yep. they, they got part of. Um, but just talking about like skepticism and, uh, he was just honest about, you know, wondering early on, like, are there enough deals? Is this, is this really gonna work? And I appreciated that in just knowing, all right, um, yes, they made some huge jumps from corporate America. And yes, they had you know amazing people around them, an incredible marriage, um, missional mindset for what they were going out to do, but that he was able to be honest and real about like, but it wasn't all rose-colored yep. glasses, um, that there were, uh, even in the midst of it, some some real fears, some real skepticism. And that spoke to me. Cause I think that that's something that even as we talk about multifamily, um, investing or other real estate opportunities, it kind of feels like, well, you know, is, hasn't all that opportunity been eaten up? Like, are we, sure. a, are we a few years late to the, to the party? <laughs> and is everybody it's been else? Asked, probably. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and so it was good to hear him, um, address that. And, uh, and obviously like they've, they've been able to, to find a niche, um, and they've just in walking their, their journey, like they have found that there is truly abundance out Mm -hmm. there. So I was really inspired and encouraged to hear that. Um, that's definitely something, I mean, there's a lot that I'm going to carry with me, but, uh, that, that was one of the big takeaways. How about you? Like in in summary here, like what's uh, one thing that you think you're going to keep coming back to uh, as you reflect on the time with them and um, as you move forward as a investor and entrepreneur?
0: Yeah, you know, I I'll take a different different angle just because I think we've hit a few different things. I, honestly, I mean. Really, the the these recap episodes are meant to just chew a little bit more on what we've heard and to try to try to bring it down and and and, and absorb. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, I think for me, man, um, the belief and the understanding that. These paths, you know, you think about the folks that we've interviewed so far, the The common thread is, you know, they were willing to overcome the fear. They were willing to move forward, not knowing what the end result was going to be. And I think for for them it all took massive action. And Mm. I just think we live in a culture where we want things now, Uh, three and a half months into my diet, uh, want the results now. And you and I get to joke about that, training for the Ironman as you have.
1: Yeah, I want to just be able to go out for a (laughs) 20-mile run. And And some people maybe
0: can, but not us. (laughs) So I just think about the fact that, you know, there are so many pieces to taking a step out as entrepreneurs. And you think about it. I mean, I, I I don't know. I think sometimes you think of entrepreneurs and you think of, hey, somebody in their 20s or they're willing to go get it and there's not a lot of risk or they don't have a family to worry about. I mean, Carrie and Bonnie's story was four kids in 30-year careers, right? right. But yet they were still willing to take that step. But that step was the beginning. Mm. And then from there... It was massive action, massive effort, and that consistency and that consistent work and consistent effort, um, partnered that was partnered with their why, um, that's what's led to success. Mm. So, you know, I've, I've heard it said before that success is a recipe. And I think a lot of times we like to think it just is bestowed on some people and other people it's not, but it's, it's clear the more we continue to have conversations with what we would deem as really successful people. And what I think pretty much everybody would agree Mm -hmm. is successful people. Um, As we unpack these stories, Uh, it's a formula. It's a formula of action and being willing to move forward, uh, surrounding yourself with the right people. I think we continue to see those common threads.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love it. it. makes me want to keep on uh, doing it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yep, absolutely. Uh, more, more good conversations to come. Um, in one of our next episodes, we'll also recap the time with Joel Anderson. So yep. if uh, listener, if you haven't listened to the interview with uh, Carrie and Bonnie, hopefully uh, some of the thoughts here will uh, pique your interest to, to go back and, and give that one a listen. Um, and then certainly if you haven't listened to our conversation with Joel Anderson, check that out as well um where can people find out more about the happenings of abundant journey
0: we got you on abundantjourney.net so that uh that's the best place we got the blog going we got the podcast going and uh some more to uh more in the future but that's where we're at right now
1: i love it that's fantastic well uh thank you so much for listening and if you haven't already please subscribe, follow, whatever your platform gives you the option to do, do that. And uh, if you wanted to leave us an honest review of five stars or more, we would greatly appreciate it. All right. We will be back soon. See you next time.